What is original sin? Maybe you've heard this term before. Maybe you're not sure exactly what to do with it. Is sin the same thing for Christians as it is for Mormons? Today, we are going to dive into five facts about biblical sin. Let me guess, the world keeps telling you you are enough. All on your own, you are enough. Well, I'm about to drop a truth bomb. On your own, you will never be enough. Wait, hold up. Okay, did I get your attention? I am Shelby Hosfield, and at times I was an ex-Mormon, agnostic, a Sunday Christian, and a New Age follower, but God had very different plans for me. The whole time I was living in a very big lie, that I was in charge somehow of my own enoughness and my works were going to save me and my life. Don't get me wrong, I am all about self-help and personal development, but as a born-again, fully transformed Christian, I learned there is the world's way, and there's God's way. To quote C.S. Lewis, the more we get ourselves out of the way and let him take us over, the more truly ourselves we become. You are enough not because of what you have done, but because what he has done. And he lives through you. If you are ready for Bible truths, theology, and apologetics, and wisdom from his word that will shape your life, your confidence, and yes, your feeling of enough, then friend, you are in the right place. This is Finding Faith Above. Okay, so today we are continuing our series on the 10 basic Christian beliefs that every expo and new believer needs to know. And today we are talking about sin. So this is a little bit different one. It's going to be kind of fun. But before we jump into that, I wanted to make sure that uh, I, we talked about this today at my own church about um the greatest commandments, which is to love God above anything else, and then love your neighbor as you love yourself, but then also the great commission that you need to go out and tell people about it. And I know that so many of you are out there and you are telling people about God and the gospel and the things that you're learning. And if you're wanting to do this in a bigger way, and maybe you want to start a podcast, or maybe you want to start a blog, or maybe you want to write a book or do something like that, you're going to need a website. Um, I love helping people who are really just on fire for the Lord and wanting to put together a great website to be able to do that. So if you go to faithabovewebsites.com, you can find out all the good stuff on what I offer as far as being able to help you make that happen. So faithabovewebsites.com. All right, so now let's jump into sin. <laughs> That's kind of a weird thing to, to say, right? To be so cavalier about. We're just going to jump into sin. But we're going to talk about this in a lot of different ways because I admit that sin really felt like a word that uh, I couldn't even really say and something that maybe I was a bit too prideful to even admit was a part of me or my life or anything like that. But let's back it up a little bit. In the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the LDS, the Mormon faith, which is what I grew up in until I was 18 years old, and then I kind of went on my way of just kind of living the world's way for many years. It took me about 20 years to find God. Uh, that's just a little background story on it all. Um, but I like to talk about the differences in how the Mormon faith looks at things and how the Christian faith looks at things because when I came to Christ, I was like, I need a blueprint. <laughs> I need something to tell me the differences because there was so many differences and uh, going to Bible studies and things like that, I just really felt like a fish out of water. And sin was one of those things that I really didn't understand. 
So in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the LDS Church, the Mormon faith, we are taught in the second article of faith, we believe that men will be punished for their own sins and not for Adam's transgressions. So the Articles of Faith were written by Joseph Smith in 1842. These 13 statements explain the basic doctrines and practices of the church. And that's on their, their church website if you wanted to kind of go through and look at all of that. But it's kind of the basis for the things that they follow. But did we ever really talk about this or what it meant? I didn't when I was a kid going to the church. And you may be thinking, this never even seemed like a big deal to me. It was way less important than, say, the fourth article that laid out the steps to the celestial kingdom, that we had songs and everything all out. We talked about all the time. (laughs) Why is this second one, why does it even really matter? Why are we going to talk about that today? And what does that really even have to do with sin? (laughs) I guess it for us, you know, other than um, what Adam did was what Adam did and what I'm going to do is what I'm going to do. Let's talk about that. I would argue that this is probably one of the most foundational and important differences between the theology of the LDS faith and the biblical theology. Um, It really just all wraps up in, in the first few pages of the Bible in the story of Adam. It is the underlying basis for everything, truly. And today we are going to talk about the five reasons why the fall of man versus the idea of falling up and the big bad word of sin, how that changes everything. So first let's do just a simple little review. In the LDS church, we all lived in pre-existence with Jesus and God. So remember, Jesus, or, or God, had was a human, so he, he had his own body and a spiritual wife um, there. They God and his uh, heavenly mother. And then Jesus was our big brother. Um, yeah, if you want to explore more on that, you can go back to the last episode we did in this series. But when Eve ate the apple and gave it to Adam, they didn't listen to God. But not listening was all part of God's plan, right? You say they were not able to procreate and start the process of populating the world and bringing all of us from the spirit world to earth until they committed this much-needed sin. But was it really even a sin in the first place? It was God's plan, right? So therefore, we are not punished for Adam's transgressions, and God's plan was all wrapped up into this anyways, but rather for the sins that we commit in our lives when we do things that would keep us from going to the celestial kingdom, those are the sins that we are going to be punished for. So basic stuff. This wasn't the fall of man. You may have never even heard that term before. It was falling up. It had to happen so that women could have babies and you could get a body and come to earth. And sin really is synonymous with mistakes. You are capable of living a perfect life, right? You are capable, completely capable of living a perfect life. If you don't make these mistakes, and if you listen to the Holy Ghost, that's completely possible. And fortunately for you, you do have atonement from Christ if you follow this path of salvation. Okay, so that was just a little review, kind of a basic little review of the um, (laughs) basic story of Adam and Eve and what happened and and what sin is and and why uh, that article of faith why that is instrumental in in the Mormon faith. So we are not punished for for what Adam did and 
his sins have nothing to do with ours because our sins are those mistakes and we get to decide what to do with them. But for a very different take and pretty much a foundation of the Christian faith, uh, we're going to move on. And this may feel very foreign, but here are the five things that you need to know about sin as a Christian that is different from the LDS sin. So what is sin? Is it just a mistake that we make? Is it breaking a rule? Uh, Something simple we can say sorry for and pick up and move on, like being tardy to a class or having that one beer before you were 21. Uh, Definite clear-cut rules. Is that what that is? Is that what sin is? So Systematic Theology uh, is a book that I refer back to all the time. (laughs) It's kind of funny. It's like got like 1,600 pages in it. I have never been so more excited about getting a book ever, and I think my family thinks I'm crazy because I love it, but I do. (laughs) Um, This is by Wayne Grudem. He defines sin as this, any failure to conform to the moral law of God in act, attitude, or nature. Okay, so three things, not just an act, but attitude and nature. It is not just that act. It is also the attitude of desire, lust, selfishness, lovelessness, and most of all, pride. And even above that, it's more than just the acts and the attitudes against God's moral law, but it's even bigger. It's in our nature. This is the one that may feel, I guess you could say, like the most foreign because it's it's not something that uh, you you do, but it's it's who it's the nature of where you're at. Before we surrender to Christ and we are born again as an adopted child of God, we are sinners. We are going to get more into this in future episodes, but let's right now let's look at Romans five eight, which says, "While we were still sinners, Christ died for us." And Ephesians two three says, "We were by nature." children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Simply put, as John, as 1 John 3, 4 says, sin is lawlessness. It separates us from God and keeps us from being with him, walking with him and having him in our hearts. But if we are by nature children of wrath and sin, then where did sin even come from? All right, so let's look at number two. Number two, God did not create sin. So if you're wondering where it came from, it wasn't him. (laughs) Sin was not part of God's plan. God is incapable of sin himself. It says in James 1.13, God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. God is not to blame for sin. It was human beings who sinned, and it was angels who sinned. And in both cases, they did so By willful, voluntary choice to blame God for sin would be blasphemy against the character of God. That was pulled from systematic theology as well. So the rock, his work is perfect. For all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without inequity, just and upright is he. That's Deuteronomy 32.4. No, God did not create sin, friends. So let's look at number three then. Number three, this is so important. We inherited guilt and we are counted guilty because of the original sin of Adam. I know, right? (laughs) That's like, whoa, completely 100%. The exact opposite. The exact opposite 
So why would I tell you this? Well, let's go back to the Bible. This is Romans 5.12 and then 18. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. That's right. Let's read that again. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation, that one trespass of Adam led to condemnation for all men. So one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. In this uh, beautiful little part here, Paul is talking about uh, life before Christ and then when we are born again. We are born as sons of Adam. We are born sinners. We are condemned, not thought righteous. We are sinners as sons of Adam. And of the flesh, born of the flesh, of this world, we are sinners and able to have God's spirit with us. This is one of the biggest things that was so hard. (laughs) And I admit it, it was very hard for me to admit coming to the Christian faith because the world wants to affirm all matters of wrong, lawlessness and absence of God's moral code and stick a label on you that you're fine. You are good. You do you, boo, right? (laughs) We've heard this many times before. And in the Mormon church, admitting that I sinned was like the worst word ever. Something that was put so far away from me because it was, it, it wasn't even really sin, right? I mean, it was pride. Pride is what I would call that attitude, that nature, that act. By saying I was not a sinner or not admitting that I was sinful, I actually was postulating this greatest sin that there is. It's pride. Before we come to Christ, we are living with inherited sin from Adam. Think I'm crazy? (laughs) You might. You might be like, holy smoke, Shelby. Like, you really believe that? Well, go read Romans. That's all I got to say there because if you do Romans in like one sitting, I challenge you to go sit down and read Romans from the beginning to end. It's not that long. It's only going to probably take you about an hour or so, but read from beginning to end. It'll change your life, friends. It will change your life. You, me, we are all sinners. And when we come to Jesus, we will be born again of God. But we will always battle the flesh until we walk again with God in the new Eden. And this is kind of just like the basis of it all. This is what we truly mean when you are transformed because you were one way. And then when you come to God, you're a different way. So let's talk about that. Number four, we are forgiven of sin when we accept Jesus's sacrifice. So how do we get around sin? If we all have it, if we all walk in it, if we are sons of Adam and we do have this sinful nature, about us. It's not just in our acts and it's not just in our attitudes, but it's our sinful nature. When we have this with us, how do we get around sin? If it is inherited, then it's innate, right? Do, can we overcome it? Can, can we be perfect? Can we just fight against it and say, we're not going to do that and rise above it on our own strength? No, we cannot overcome sin. But fortunately, we don't have to. We do have to accept 
the free gift of God. We cannot beat sin. We cannot outsmart it. We cannot deny it. We can't win at it. We have to surrender our will to God and stop thinking we can be perfect on our own. And we know good and we know bad all on our own. Good and bad does not save you. We have to ask Jesus into our lives and accept his sacrifice. At that moment, we are then born again of God, accepted into his adopted family. And then and only then are we blameless children of God. Before that, we are condemned sinners, sons of Adam. We set our pride aside and realize we cannot be perfect, blameless, powerful, or strong enough without God. That is true surrender. We need him and only him and the gift he gives us, the lamb of the world, the perfect sacrifice to wipe out all sin for those who believe. So let's jump on to number five now. This is our last one. Can God be with us if we are sinful people? This really is kind of beautiful. This part, I just, I just love it. I just love all of this because I mean, oh, God with you, that peace that he gives, it surpasses all understanding. But God and sin cannot exist in the same place. In the Old Testament days, if you wanted to be in the presence of God, you had to make a sacrifice at the temple to forgive you of your sins and be close to God in the Holy of Holies. And we talked about this in the last uh, episode that we did in this series. I believe that was number 73. (laughs) So go back and listen to that. We talk more about creation and all of that. But you had to do this regularly because again... We are sinners. So when Jesus died on the cross and he proclaimed that it was finished, he said, it is finished. The veil, which is the super heavy curtain that protected the holiest part of the temple where God could be, it was torn. The ultimate sacrifice had been made. Then God was able to send his helper the peace of God that can reside within us, his spirit into the world to reside in the hearts of all of those who accept this gift, the sacrifice of Jesus. Can God be with us as sinful people? No, he can't because God and sin cannot be in the same place. But when we are born again, yes. And that is when we truly are transformed. When we accept the gift of Jesus, we accept him not just as our sacrifice, but we accept also the Holy Spirit into our hearts because we are no longer, we we no longer carry that blame. We are blameless in God's eyes because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? It's like amazing. It's amazing that you truly are transformed. I am one way and now I am another. If you guys haven't watched the uh, the Chosen, you should go watch it. It's like amazing. I love it. I, it's so so incredibly good. Um, but he talks. They talk about this a lot about uh, the transformation that that you go through and and just what that means. And it's just being born again. Um, it's just so cool. It's so incredibly cool. They have a actually Bible studies. Um, I did one with a good friend of mine. The first for the first season. Totally recommend it. It was awesome. All right, so we started this whole thing 
doing the story of Adam and Eve and what that looked like in the Mormon faith. We're going to finish today after going through our five little things on what is sin. Number one is what is sin? <laughs> and it's it's in the act and the attitude and the nature that is against God's moral code. Number two was God did not create sin. That's something that we really need to remember and we need to know. Number three is we did inherit the guilt that was original sin that was brought into this world with Adam. Number four is we are forgiven for sin when we accept Jesus's sacrifice. That's when we are forgiven for our sin, our, our sinful nature. And number five, can God be with us if we are sinful people? And when we accept that gift of Jesus's sacrifice, then yes, yes, we can have God with us. And we're always going to battle the flesh because that's who we are. Uh, but God is with us then. All right. So let's finish with our little story here on from the Christian perspective. So all of this does rest in this one story. And we started today by reviewing the idea of falling up. Now we are going to look at this biblically as Christians. And this is going to be about the basic and fundamental Christian theology of the fall of man. So we are going to talk about the fall of man. In the beginning, literally the first pages of the Bible, in the beginning of mankind, uh, there was Adam and there was Eve. And we were just a thought from our creator. Um, he knew that he would bring us into this world because he stands outside of time and place, but we did not exist in any form yet. But he knew we would. Go back to episode 73 if you are confused here about... Uh, the absence and the non-existent fact of pre-existence, well, it doesn't exist. <laughs> so go back to 73 if you want to hear more about that. But Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were good. They walked with God. They talked with God in Eden. And this was a place where God could be because there was no sin. Now, Satan, a creature from the spirit realm, took the shape of a serpent and tested Eve. He told her she could be like God, pride right? Sound familiar? He told her that God's way was not the way that was going to bring her the most knowledge. Didn't she want to be like God? And so she relied on her own understanding, her own strength, her own will to be perfect and did not trust God. She gave Adam the apple and he did the same. He believed in the world and the world's way, not God's. And this is known then, that moment of the fall of man. There was nothing good about it. It brought pride. It brought deceit. It brought all the lawlessness into the world. It was not what God wanted for us. But with the fall, God saw how we would all sin. We, like Adam, as sons of Adam, are incapable of life without it. This part's pretty cool, though. At that moment then, after after the fall, and, and Adam and Eve basically were <laughs> walking away with their tails between their legs because they knew exactly what they had done and realized how far they had fallen, God clothed Adam and Eve in skins. No doubt a bit of foreshadowing in the Bible that a sacrifice must be made to cover that sin. And we were going to need it. We were all in need of a Savior. 
All right, friends, so that wraps up our episode today on sin, and this is part of the 10 basic Christian beliefs every expo and new believer needs to know. Uh, If this was something that really just hit home for you and you want to learn more and you want to know about those basic Christian beliefs that seem so elusive and so confusing when you're learning it all, then make sure to subscribe to this on whatever uh, way that you are listening to it. (laughs) And I would also love it if you would... Uh, give me a review over on Apple Podcasts. Five-star review really helps for this to be able to get into the ears of other people who may need it too. And share it with a friend. You know, if this is something that you're like, whoa, I had no idea about these things and you feel like a friend probably was feeling the same, then shoot it on over to them. Share it. I'd love it. All right. I'll talk to you guys next time.